You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. Welcome back to the Propane Fitness Podcast. Today, I have Simon Atta, Simon Monster. He is an acrobat, planche, beast, breakdancer, martial artist, and uh, all, all of these kind of jumping around skills in one. So as you may have seen me um, with some of the flibbly blibs, some of the uh, tumbling that I've been doing, playing around on the mushroom, this guy is hands down the most impressive acrobat gymnast that I've seen, uh, especially in terms of flares, hand balancing, that kind of thing, planching. All of these skills in and of themselves are incredibly difficult um, to achieve on their own but Simon manages to integrate them all. What I particularly love about Simon's stuff is that he straddles both worlds in that he still manages to maintain the kind of aesthetic focus and strength sports stuff, along with the gymnastic stuff, the uh, breakdancing and the tumbling. So Simon, very glad to be able to chat to you, even if it's just for purely selfish reasons today. <laughs> Thank you. How's it going? I'm great. I've got a little bit of a cold, so um, I apologize for the my substandard voice today. I hope the audio is clear on your end. It's all good. So um, you are in LA at the moment. You said, uh, so it's it's midday for you. Um, you said- Yeah, I'm in, nice. I'm in Las Vegas at the moment. Right. Oh, Las Vegas, so L, L yeah. Um So- Yeah, same time. Same. <laughs> so what uh, what is it that you do? You said you work at night. Yeah, so, um, so at the moment, I'm just performing at a, uh, at a show on the Las Vegas Strip. But I do a couple of things. I have my website, so I um, teach and sell tutorials online, uh, teach workshops around the world. And uh, when, I'm in, when I'm back home in Melbourne, I also work as a physiotherapist. Right. So a little bit of everything. So, yeah. I didn't know the physiotherapist thing as well. That is uh, that's another, another string to the bow. Um, I'd like to dig into that a little bit, actually, as we, as we go on. For sure. Yeah, certainly. Um, but just to start with, can you give, can you give people the background of... Um, who you are and how you got started in all of this. Yeah, certainly. So uh, my parents got me into gymnastics at a young age. So about uh, 10 or 11 years old, I started gymnastics, um, which I loved. Um, and then a friend of mine in, uh, in elementary school uh, was taking breakdancing classes. And he asked if I wanted to come along, and I had no idea what breakdancing was. So he showed me a couple of moves, and I thought it was really impressive and went along to a, a breakdancing class and fell in love with it. So my focus really switched at that point to, to breakdancing. Um, I always grew up watching action movies and Jackie Chan movies and um, always wanted to be able to do those impressive skills and uh, bodyweight strength moves. So my focus with gymnastics, breakdancing, calisthenics has always been that sort of thing, trying to do the really spectacular um, moves that appear to be impossible. Totally. Well, yeah, same same here in terms of the motivation for that. And I think um, we'll put a couple of clips of your uh, of your stuff and the, some of the breakdancing moves you do as well. But you can tell from your style that you came at it from a gymnast foundation into breakdancing. And um, I certainly think that it gives moves a lot more of a cleaner look um, when when it when it's that way around, rather than having to then correct kind of some of the bad habits that come from learning breakdancing straight up and then. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. So gymnastics has a, a huge emphasis on form, um, which, which I really like. I, I, um, I like to do my, my breakdancing moves now, uh, as clean as possible with straight legs and 
good technique. Um, but it's not that's not always the case. So some of the some of the cleanest power movers that I see today, uh, for example, Pierre and Damien Blériot, um, your Punisher and Demon from France, some of the best power movers in the world. They don't have a gymnastics background, and they have some of the cleanest flares and air flares and highest level power moves I've seen. So it doesn't always have to be that way. Um, some people get a little bit discouraged and think, oh, I don't have a uh, background in gymnastics. I, I can never achieve what what the people who do have a background in gymnastics can. But um, that's not true. I think if you if you just focus on um, on technique and on form, you can you can achieve the same level. That's interesting. So before we go on, Simon, um, if you had to fight thirty horse-sized ducks or one duck-sized horse, which would you choose? Th- repeat that. <laughs> so thirty duck-sized horses. Or one duck sized one horse sized duck. Um thirty duck sized horses. Yeah, definitely my approach as well. No yeah. way a, a horse sized duck like that is a colossal would would more aggressive me. animal, yeah. <laughs> Fine. So you were saying about the um the, the, the disciplines, the kind of the, the crossover I guess, but also how they feed into each other. What are the other disciplines that you've dabbled in? Um, so I've, I've done a little bit of, um, your mainstream sports, you know, tennis, basketball, some martial arts growing up as a kid. Um, once I really started breakdancing, my focus was primarily, um, uh, breakdancing, acrobatics, circus, well, I guess what is termed nowadays as movement, anything which falls under that category. Um, when I turned 18, I, I got into martial arts a little bit. Uh, did some Brazilian jiu-jitsu, some Muay Thai, and a little bit of wrestling, which I really enjoyed. But I just found it was too difficult to try to do that at a high level and try to maintain my breakdancing to a high level. Um, I, I noticed that you really do need to be selective in what you do. You can't be good at everything. So yeah, um, sure. Um, yeah. So I decided to focus my energy on uh, on my calisthenics and breakdancing. Um, yeah. So I was going to ask you about this actually because. Um, I so so watching a lot and, and it's great that you're a physio as well because this, uh, this is this is again something that I've been following a lot of Stuart McGill reading some of his books recently. Um, yeah. Who for people listening is kind of the the world leading the back pain guy on yeah <laughs> on back pain for athletes, and he was saying that um, powerlifting combined with yoga, particularly th- those two sports together, um, creates almost the perfect storm of back injury because you're causing. With the yoga, you're doing this kind of repeated um, flexion extension of the spine and delaminating it relative to the um, the adaptations in tissue that you get from powerlifting, which is kind of the repeated loading and uh, collagenizing the spine and, and stiffening. And if you do the, them both together, you end up with a potential perfect storm. Um, and so with that, I've certainly found, I mean, I've, I've had my fair share of back injuries and it's, it's been pretty crap, but uh, I think trying to maintain the gymnastics on one side along with competitive powerlifting um, to a kind of national level for myself. So, st- you know, so, so quite, quite consistently and training quite heavy for a long time has, um, I think, caused some of these problems. And what I want to know is really how you've managed to stay injury-free yourself and also whether you do any lifting yourself as well. Yeah, I've certainly had my fair, fair share of injuries in my time. Um, I haven't had a, a serious injury in quite a few years, so uh, knock on wood. But I, I think the the most important um, the most important thing that I've learned 
even with my um, my physiotherapy degree and uh, a decade and a half of training experience is just to be smart with your training. So finding a good balance between stress and recovery, not doing anything that's out of your scope um, or anything that's too advanced at the time, gradually progressing towards skills and taking adequate rest to recover. I don't think there's really too much too much more that needs to be said than that. Um, I think you can, you can definitely take steps to minimize your risk of injury, um, given that accidents do happen. So building a resilient body, um, as you said before, a balance of say yoga and powerlifting is great because you're, um, you're addressing both muscle strength and mobility. Um, I don't think it has to necessarily be powerlifting and yoga. It can be any, any combination of strength and mobility work, but I think having a resilient body, having a strong mobile uh, body with good neuromuscular control gives you a minimal risk of injury. And then to minimize your risk even further, it's being smart, not putting yourself in risky situations. Um, given your background of, of uh, movement-based and powerlifting sports, you're quite lucky that you're, you've are you got um, kind of a close sport where you're responsible for anything that happens to you. Yeah. So you don't have someone, you don't play football where you have someone who's going to come along and tackle you or, or um, you know, someone who's trying to... Uh, That's absolutely huge. You know, I, th- I think um, when... I mean, the, the only exogenous injury I've seen from, from gymnastics is a guy that was standing on the floor and so the, one of the high bars wasn't fully um, secured and it just fell down and knocked him on the back of the head. And it, but, but like, apart yeah. from that, you're right. Like, you're 100% responsible for what happens to you with both yeah. acting and gymnastics compared to, like, rugby or where there's just so many crazy forces going around and you've got studs, like, anchoring yourself to the floor and ballistic guys running around hitting you. So... Yeah, I think there's a sense yeah. of responsibility and, with that. Yeah, I don't like the um, this sort of tough guy approach of no pain, no gain either. I think it's extremely stupid um, and it can be uh, misconstrued to be harmful. I think that um, effort and fatigue are important for building strength, endurance and, and progressing. But uh, pain in itself uh, should be avoided at all costs. So if something is hurting, something doesn't feel right, you should stop. That's your body telling you that it's uh, it's not good for you. That's your body's warning sign to tell you to stop. So don't push through true pain. You heard it from the physio himself. Yeah, it's a, it's a, um, it's a funny thing because it's such an obvious thing. Like don't do, if it hurts, like just stop doing it. But when, Absolutely. especially when we're young, we start to convince ourselves that we can just push through and it's all, it's all going to be fine. Yeah. But, um, and, and it can, it, no, go on, sorry, oh, I just interrupted your, you. <laughs> your approach to, to injury really sounds very similar to Juju Mufu um, when we spoke to him recently. And I guess he's another guy who has to straddle the two worlds of like bodybuilding at a high level and maintaining his tricks. And yeah, he was saying yeah. the same thing and very much focused on recovery, on periodizing his, you know, doing months of straight bodybuilding and then months of, of kind of more tricking. And also to... Um, like if someone's like, oh, hey, can you do a backflip or whatever? And he's like, just at a party or like out and about. He's like, I will not do that anymore. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't feel ready for it, if you're not warmed up, you need to learn to say no. Totally. Um, I think it can be, can be difficult with, um, with uh, younger athletes, especially those who have a, um, a very pushy coach who says, you, you know, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, push through the pain, push through the pain. Um, so if any if any young athletes are listening, if something's hurting and something doesn't feel right, go and see a professional. Yeah, good advice for sure. See, yeah, uh, see a health professional. <laughs> and 
you'll get child services involved and um, get get rid of your coach. Um, so you you've I mean your the, the training that I've ever that I've always seen you do is is calisthenic stuff. So body weight focused training. Yep. Do you do any other modalities like do you do resistance training to train with weights? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I um I find there's a bit of a a bit of a funny um. <laughs> subcult in the calisthenics world of people who say i'm a pure calisthenics athlete don't touch weights and there's nothing wrong with doing weights and there's no reason why you can't do both <laughs> um, especially if it's conducive to your goals so i do a lot of um my the primary um the basis of my training is calisthenics but i definitely supplement my training with some some resistance training some weight training uh, I find it's particularly good for structural balance and also to um, to just give myself a little bit of extra volume, uh, a few isolation exercises to address any weaknesses that I might have um, to help my calisthenics. I think that's that's very sensible. Yeah, and I, I would agree that this false dichotomy that's especially with the kind of uh, some of the calisthenics culture, which is like, yeah, body weight only, man. Like, I do weight weights, yeah, like dickheads, and it, it's like, well. You, you've got a range of tools available to you to train. Like, there's no need to artificially just restrict yourself just for a sake exactly. of, like, you know, yeah. it's, it's the same type of <laughs> For the sake of Instagram. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. if you bench press in secret, then it's fine. Like, no one knows. But, um, yeah, it's like <laughs> the, the dumbbells versus barbells thing or, like, high-intensity cardio versus low-intensity or, um, you know, all these things where it's like you actually what's, – what's wrong with just doing both? Like, then you've got – yeah, um, certainly. All these great tools at your disposal. Yeah, certainly. I think often, depending on your goals, there's definitely a smarter way to train. You know, if I wanted to be a bodybuilder, then the the um, the majority of my training would be weight training rather than calisthenics. But um, I definitely think there's a space for both in most fields. And uh, me being a being a bodyweight athlete uh, rather than a weightlifter, I still do some weight exercises and find it extremely useful. Great for breaking through plateaus and um, addressing any specific weaknesses, and also um, reducing my risk of injury, maintaining structural balance. So, can you talk to us a bit about that? Because I, I guess with your with body weight stuff, like it's very pressing focused. Like the the most the the everything that you're doing is either like um, you know even levers, I guess, are still training your internal rotation to an extent. Whereas and planche movements, it's all very kind of pressy. And as you said, like there are some movements that you couldn't really get with body weight um, in terms yeah. of you know, like I, adults and that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't entirely agree with that. I think you can um, you can maintain a pretty good upper body structural balance with with uh, body weight training. So the majority of what I do is floor based. My background's break dancing, so I like to do some um, I like to do tricks on the floor, and as a result. Most of my training and most of my background has been pushing exercises because I'm never on a bar. It's always been on the floor. Um, as I've gotten older and a little bit um, a little bit more cautious with my training and uh, want to extend the longevity of it, reduce my risk of injury, I've I've started doing a lot of pulling exercises as well to try to maintain structural balance and um, even myself out a little bit more. So uh, if you think of you know a, a planche and a front lever are basically opposite movements. They're um, you know, you're training the antagonist muscles and you can maintain pretty good structural balance with that. So I think you, you can maintain a good balance between push and pull exercises with body weight. Uh, I think one thing which is often neglected is uh, leg training. You, you can't seem to get that same sort of intensity that, that you need for hypertrophy. Um, 
or it's very difficult to get that sort of intensity and volume with bodyweight exercises alone. So I find it's just much more efficient to, um, if you want to train your legs, to get in the gym and do some some weightlifting, things like barbell squats and your traditional powerlifting type exercises. Yeah, I I think like the, the, I guess the heaviest way that you could load your legs just with body weight would maybe be like a Bulgarian split squat or something. But most people who've trained for a while could do maybe 20 or 30 by that point. And then it's like, right. Yeah, you yeah, there are some difficult uh, body weight exercises like your um, your Nordic drops, if you've heard of those. Yeah, nasty. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, often you do need some equipment and you can usually, um, you, like, you, you can do them as well, but I, I think it's just much more efficient to get in the gym and also do some traditional resistance weight exercises. For sure. So what's the kind of balance in your week then um, between doing body weight stuff and, and weightlifting? Say I'd probably do about three body weight sessions to one weightlifting session. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So because so I'm currently in a transition myself, trying to go more towards body weight stuff and away from lifting, and that's partly been fueled by um, a, a disc herniation that I've got. I'm thinking like, what's the point in continuing to try and, um, you know, to do this if I'm not going to be competing in powerlifting again? Maybe it's time to develop some some yeah. cooler skills. Yeah, your goals have changed. Yeah, for sure. So, um, why? Um, no, we answered that. I was going to say why? Why calisthenics? But that's um, yeah. You, it's, <laughs> because I enjoy it. <laughs> that's enough. it. It's, it's a form of exercise that I love to do. So, Simon, if someone who is lifting already, someone who's going to the gym three, four times a week, is this something that they can dabble in? Can they? Can they pick up a couple of skills in calisthenics, or do they have to go balls in and and uh, go for the whole hog? No, of course not. They can they can dabble in it definitely. I'm sure most people that do um, do weightlifting seriously, especially bodybuilders, do dabble in some calisthenics with things like uh, pull ups and dips. Um, yeah, True. but you can de- yeah you can definitely progress to um, to more difficult calisthenics exercises and simply add them into your routine gradually. So what what's the minimum effective dose really to start actually start making some progress with this stuff? Because a lot of the movements that you do, things like planche progressions, are so um, extreme, so off the off the scope of what most people are used to. That um, yeah. you know, is it enough to add in a single session a week, for example, and still expect to progress? That really depends on your uh, your baseline level, and. Um, and where you want to get to. So I think the minimum effective dose for a beginner is extremely low. You, you know, doing doing one set of a, a basic calisthenics exercise like uh, dips or pull-ups is probably effective and, and beginners will make strength gains with that sort of low-volume training. The more advanced you get, the more volume you need to do, the higher the intensity needs to be to, to gain strength and to um, just add any muscle mass on. So, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a... How long is a piece of string? Yeah, that makes sense. Hello, Johnny here. Just a short interruption to this episode. I know what you're thinking. This show was brought to you by none of that. Trust me. We have something completely free, something to give you today. So we're aware that 
you guys who've been listening to our podcast, you've heard before us talk about the show notes and other places to go to download things from propanefitness.com. But we want to give those of you who listen to our podcast something completely different, something completely unique that we don't provide anywhere else. So we want to give you something that is actually a membership area or a membership portal where we have loads of free goodies, some downloads, some things to watch, some trainings, and some free presentations that we want to give you all bundled together completely free. All you have to do is go to propanefitness.com forward slash gift. There's no email opt-in. There's no enter your email and receive this. It's completely obligation free. You just enter your email, enter your username rather, and your password, and then you'll be sent login details. So completely free. In there, we have some training on the 3i formula. That's the framework that we use with all of our coaching students and loads of other free goodies. So that's propanefitness.com forward slash gift. Head over there now pick up your free training and we hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode and we'll speak soon. So is there anything from your job as a physio that's kind of fed into uh, the way that you train yourself or clients or the, the material that you've produced? Yes, certainly. Um, certainly. So um, I'm really happy I did that, that degree, especially for my own knowledge and my own training uh, and the approach I take to training others. So especially things like injury prevention, um, as you can see, my approach towards that is um, relatively simplistic and um, and logical rather than um, deeply scientific. It's simply train smart and um, try to try to build a resilient body. Um, but I found that um, doing the physiotherapy degree really helped me with um, evidence-based training. Um, you know, training smarter rather than just training harder manipulating training variables um, such as number of sets, reps, volume, um, rest periods, uh, depending on your goals and what you want to achieve. Sure. And um, in terms of staying injury-free as well, because like, um, you said that you, you feel like you're getting older, but also the, the kind of movements that you do are a pretty high impact. And so that in yep. itself presents a, a risk for injury. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> yeah, um, and I guess it's um, it's kind of different. Would would you say it's a different type of thing, a different um, form of risk, because it's kind of, uh, I guess, re- more repetitive strain stuff compared to, um, as you said, like football or rugby, where it's like there's just more unpredictable things, and that's more kind of trauma. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think we've got it good because um, footballers and athletes that that play uh, open sports like that um they also decide to the type of training that we do so they're also trying to get strong and get fast and be agile and improve neuromuscular control so they have the risk of um of um overtraining as well as the risk of somebody running into them and causing an acute injury sure yeah whereas as you said like doing calisthenics or or powerlifting or, or bodybuilding or any of these things where the training is the discipline itself and that's it kind of it's very simple and it's very it's beautiful in the sense that there's not much extra stuff involved and so you can really dive in and focus on that yeah and you can um you can tweak the risk dial as much as you want so you can um have some very low risk training um but probably need to understand that your progress um probably will be um your potential progress is less or you can have some high risk training if you really want to try to push the limits so I suppose there's, there's quite a bit of um, what you've said so far that's like dealing with trade-offs between the trade-off between 
um, focusing on pure kind of bodybuilding style training compared to body weight stuff um, or yeah the amount of risk that you want to take on with your with your training and how much progression you want to take on as well as that um, and I, I suppose all of the all of these things do involve and, and also you said about um, doing the jiu-jitsu and that kind of thing as a put and trying to make, trying to spin all of those plates at once and not progressing with any of them compared to specializing so yeah i suppose there always has to be some sacrifice in whatever training choice that you make yeah definitely yeah if you want to be a generalist and um and you know dabble in a lot of things and just have a a beginner to an intermediate level that's great but if you really do want to excel in something you do need to sacrifice other areas the the thing that i and um a lot of the time i i, I look at the stuff that you've the 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 stuff that you've done i think you know what i wish from like 10 years old i'd just done what you'd done because um <laughs> the progression of natural hypertrophy so un, non-drug assisted um pursuit of gaining muscle plateaus very sharply at a certain point and it's like to gain much more muscle beyond that requires so much more intensity so much more focus um to get such incremental progress beyond that point whereas actually you could maybe get 80% of it with, um, so there's a very, you can very much apply the kind of Pareto principle to it and then develop the skills, which is what you've done essentially in that you've, um, you're kind of maybe nearing your maximum muscle potential. You, I'm sure, I'm sure you could get bigger if you just dedicated everything to that, but that would be at the cost of the rest of what you're doing and the, yeah, definitely. the ability and the, the flares and all of that stuff too. Yeah, Definitely. So, yeah, so my main focus is uh, is not aesthetics; it's it's function. But I do do I do quite um, high volume training. So the any aesthetics that I that I've earned are a result of that. Right. So yeah, I obviously don't look like a bodybuilder, but you can still maintain a a decent physique doing um, doing high level skills and and body weight training. Well, I think you look, you look close enough to a bodybuilder for the untrained person to be like yeah I'd, I'd like to look like that um as opposed to you know because i think there are a lot of um i've seen some of the kind of body weight guys that and maybe that's just because they're simply not as advanced but they haven't got the physique to match um the training that they've done and it, it does make you think like if they were to just supplement it with some some kind of bodybuilding focused uh, weight training work it would round off everything yeah yeah that's probably true so, Simon, do you have any uh, daily routines that either prehab or even just kind of um, self-maintenance stuff that you would do? Um, I don't have a uh, I don't have a strict daily routine. Um, I think the only thing that I do before every session is a is a warm up, which is catered to the the type of training that's to follow. Um, but my training is is quite periodized. I usually like to focus on only two or three skills at a time um, over a period of about six weeks or as long as I'm continuing to make progress. Um, and then I'll, I'll change up the exercises that I'm doing when I start to plateau. But I don't have a, you know, a daily ritual or a sort of, yeah, daily routine that I do. That makes sense. And I, I like the idea of periodizing because I think the temptation is, and I, I, I'm a, such a sucker for this, is that you go into the, the gymnastics um, zone and you're like, Oh, you just want to you just want to try everything, and then you, you do something for five minutes, and you're like, oh fuck that, okay, I'm, yeah. I, I'm not, yeah. and you just jump around. Yeah, I think actually, that's yeah, that's one of the biggest mistakes with um 
with body weight training and and uh, and movement is uh, having too many goals. Definitely, you know, people want to want to be they want to do a one arm pull up, a front lever, be a hand balancer, um, do tricks, be a power lifter, an astronaut, a doctor, and you know you can't achieve all of them at the same time. So yeah, that's that's exactly it. And <clears throat> a few of those things you mentioned, I am trying to be a doctor and a powerlifter. Yeah, an <laughs> so, astronaut. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've, I've dropped the powerlifting thing. That's good. Now. Yeah. And what's that? I said that's good. That's only a couple of goals. You can. De- that's definitely achievable. It's only a couple. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, but I think uh, for now, yeah, like I've realised that I've personally been trying to get flares for years now, like an embarrassingly long amount of time, and yeah. It's precisely because of what you said that i'll come in i'll do some tumbling i'll maybe do some flares at the end if i'm if i can be bothered and then do a bit of stretching and and then alongside that it's like you're already under recovered from doing the the other forms of training and so there's never really enough frequency to to make some progress with it and yeah so now the big shift in my own training is to just cut things back and focus primarily on you know the pancake position splits um v-sits and build up the strength and the and the technique for for flares properly. Um, yeah, perfect. Sounds like a very sensible approach. I hope so. Yeah. So, uh, taking a leaf out of your book and trying to periodize it and just finally get them because um, I'm sure you'd agree that you know that, again this was something Juji Mufu was saying that it's much easier to maintain something than it is to get it for the first time. And so yeah, definitely. If you were to just you know put in um, pull out all the stops towards a certain scale. Yeah. And then, yeah, rather than rather than trying it once a week for six years and not making any progress, oh. you're better off taking a block of time, training it consistently and frequently over that period of time until you've um, until you've learnt that motor pattern, um, and and then maintain it. That's uh, yeah, much more logical approach. So I'll I'll call I'll call back in uh, six weeks time and let you know. But uh, <laughs> perfect. So with um with, with your flares, for example, how um what was your approach to nailing them, and how how have you now perfected it to this point? Um. So without <laughs> without being too technical, um, it was basically breaking the the skill down into um its constituents and and training those. Um, training those little little blocks um, until I mastered that period of the, of the skill, um, and then trying to add to that. I found the biggest difficulty with with a flare was I mastered one flare, but I always only did one flare. And when it came to trying to do multiple flares, I was in the habit of stopping at one. So I really had to um, to learn to push through that, and every time try and do multiple flares. Right, I see. And I think um, that's that's in line with the the guy who wrote like learn everything in twenty hours, which is like yeah, you take a skill, you break it down to the constituent parts, um, and then you drill those things as a sub skill in itself, and then you only then you bring it yeah. together. Exactly, worded that a lot more eloquently than I did. <laughs> <laughs> cool. No, that that makes a lot of sense. So, um, we talked a bit about daily routines. Is there anything that you do non training, non training wise? Um, that's part of your daily routine as well. Uh, I'd probably say drink a coffee and um, talk to my daughter. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, those are the two, those are the two things I do daily. Anything like me- meditation or stretching routine, yoga, any of those? Um, no. No. Do you? I find, enjoy stretching, but it's it's certainly not a daily ritual. Do you do you program your stretching? 
Um, not particularly. I focus on stretches that are relevant to the skills that I want to achieve. Um, and I take a pretty basic approach to my stretching with, um, you know, uh, basic, usually basic static stretching to try to increase flexibility after I'm, after I'm warmed up and not doing that directly before explosive or strength training. But I don't have a, any fancy stretching program to, to increase flexibility. I find that method's quite effective. It's right. works. It's worked. Worked really well with um, gymnasts and, contort- and contortionists for years. So, yeah, yeah. I think if you're if you're struggling it. or you or you want a little bit of um, an extra boost or you, you know you want to maximize your flexibility in a short period of time, that's when you can add things in like loaded stretching, PNF stretching, and uh, all, all the other little um, all the other little options at your fingertips. But I, I find um, just consistent, regular static stretching is quite effective with for increasing flexibility. Right. So the, the stretches that you do um, are kind of, as you said, they're, they're directed towards the skill that, you're, that you've periodized at the time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I just find it's a, it's a waste of time to, to train things that you're not going to use. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, so most of my stretches or all of the stretches that I do uh, have a purpose. So either um, with a, a purpose of injury prevention in mind or... Um, or it's conducive to my training, such as overhead mobility for handstands or um, pancake uh, mobility, hamstring adductor flexibility for things like um, things like presses to handstands or flares or power moves. So, so if you talk us through like one one of the things that you like, so what 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 are you working on at the moment, for example, um, moves wise? Um, so at the moment, I'm I'm training um, predominantly calisthenics base moves so the front lever and one arm pull up okay. that's uh, what, I'm, what I've been focusing on mainly at the moment um, but there's always um, there's always a, a couple of background combos or things that I'm I'm training at the same time okay. hand balancing head spins those sort of things oh, yeah but at the moment my, pri- my primary focus is on pulling exercises because it's something that I've neglected for so many years. I see. Yeah, head, head spins are grim. But so, for example, with with the power, with the um, the one arm pull up, um, presumably you would then have the relevant mobility for that movement plus the relevant strength and um, whatever, like whatever kind of supporting movements that you would do, and then you would run those in a program for say six weeks at a time. Yeah, so luckily the the one arm pull up, most people have the relevant mobility, anyway, to simply hang from a bar with one arm. Um, it's the strength and and the motor pattern which is which is the issue. So training things like weighted pull ups, one arm negatives, um, and assisted one arm pull ups. It's funny how much harder a one arm pull up is compared to uh, the the regular ones. I've uh, I mean I, I built my weighted chins up to kind of plus sixteen. Fifty kilos, I think, for for a PB, and um, I'm nowhere near a one-arm pull-up. <laughs> like just hanging yeah. limply from the bar. So yeah, yeah, I can definitely there's appreciate. A, yeah, there's a big a big technique element to it. I see. So finally, then, just to round things off, Simon, um, we've we've talked a bit about your your general training approach, your injury prevention daily routine. Um, and and periodizing, kind of breaking down skills into into the constituents. I think that's really um, it's a really valuable thing um, for for developing any skill. But 
Um, is there anything that you would recommend to one of our listeners? So anyone who's wanting to get started in this stuff, doesn't know where to begin. Um, what would you say to, what would you say to them? I would say go, go on YouTube. <laughs> There's uh, an endless resource of tutorials there. Um, I also have a website if, if you want to read some articles and have some training programs up there. That's simonsterstrength.com. But I think, um, yeah, the internet is uh, one of the best resources for learning learning these sort of things these days. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got some good tutorials yourself on, on some of these movements to get started as well. Um, what would you suggest, um, like, if, if someone's like, right, I want to do something like that, but I don't even know what move to begin, would you say, like, start with handstands or... or um, yeah, I'd say, or yeah, I would say just, just simply pick one or pick a couple and start with those. You want to work on pull-ups, handstands and planche, you know, and then you can make a start on those. Cool. So, Simon, it's been fantastic talking to you. So, uh, simonster.com and simonsterstrength.com youtube.com forward slash simonster simonster strength 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 (laughs) (laughs) we'll put the uh, we'll put the links to to all of that stuff in the um, show notes as well and link to your Instagram as well Um, and yeah if you want to check out more follow him on all these channels he is a absolutely phenomenal athlete so definitely worth following Okay. Cool. Thank you very much. It's been great, man. Speak to you soon. Likewise. Take care. Hey, Johnny again. Hope you enjoyed that episode of the Propane Fitness Podcast. Just a short reminder, if you're listening to this, driving in your car, and you're thinking, man, I really wish I had a reference that they made in minute five or ten or whatever to that thing that they were talking about. Well, We've, we put together show notes for these podcasts every single week. We give you timestamps, we give you links to things we talk about, and we also give chances to grab free things, bonuses, etc. So head over to propanefitness.com and grab the show notes for this episode over there. Also, if you want to be notified of these podcasts when they come out, if you want free subscribe, subscriber-only benefits, stick your email address in and grab our free downloads, one of the many free downloads if you go to propanefitness.com and the homepage. There's a big red banner on the top of the website. Pick up that free ebook, that free download, and we'll send you emails whenever a new podcast is available. Just one short reminder as well. As you are a podcast listener, you have access to our exclusive free gift that is available nowhere else. And that is at propinfitness.com forward slash gift. Shh.